Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I brought you a story that happened to me last week and it raised a lot of questions and it also gave me a lot of insights. So I thought I'm going to share it with you. This is going to be about how to handle overwhelming emotions. Welcome to the show about new ideas on how we live, work and connect. This is Borivik, your host, and in the following episode, together with my guests and listeners, we are again in search of something different. So what happened to me last week is that I was about to go to my favorite coffee place here in Lisbon <clears throat> that I usually work from. And it was a really nice day, actually. It was nothing that I would feel that something is going to butter my day. And I walk into this coffee shop, I put down my stuff and I go to the counter and I order a cappuccino. I get one message. So I check my phone and it's a bad news. It's actually quite bad news. I don't want to get into details on what happened, but it's about my family and nobody gets sick, but uh, we have a weird relationship sometimes. So yeah, something that always gets triggered, triggered again. And I kind of know how it goes. So it was also means that it's going to be a lot of aftershock after this message. So that was the first thing. I look up from my phone, checking on my cappuccino arriving, and I get one more message. This one was about work. It turns out that um, something needs to be done, like some extra expenses raised. And I was really not ready for the extra expenses. And then meanwhile, I'm waiting there. There's two other messages arrived before my cappuccino. I think we were talking about like five to six minutes, how it just bombarded me. I was like, what kind of vortex am I in right now? Like what the hell happens in the universe that was just giving this for me? And then I sat down with my cappuccino in the hand and I think I spent the next 20 to 25 minutes contemplating what to do next. What I have to say here is that I have a lot of equipment, a lot of tools that I usually use. As you can hear uh, during these podcast episodes, I'm actually thinking a lot and using a lot of tools, a lot of coaching tools that I use in my own courses and also other people have used in me. So I have a lot of things I'm thinking about. Should I journal? Should I... I don't know, should I meditate? Should I like focus on my breathing? Should I like go back to like how to make authentic decision making? What is the best solution for me right now? But at the same time, I feel that nothing is good enough and I'm just absolutely in utter shock. Not only that about the four news, but also like how it can happen in five minutes to somebody. And I realized that I'm sitting in a coffee shop and then the best thing that I can do right now and the, the thing that my whole body is aching for me to do is to cry. And I felt like I'm sitting here by myself. I really don't feel like putting this whole thing on other people sitting in the coffee or working. And I felt ashamed uh, to cry in front of other people. And also in general, I have a problem with crying. I don't cry easily. And I did something I've never done before. And that was making a conscious, conscious decision to use my body as the number one stress releaser. I stood up, walked to the nearest bathroom, which is actually quite a long way in this particular coffee. I, I was walking, holding back my tears. 
arrived to the toilet, closed the door on me and started crying. And I felt so relieved, but also I felt super happy that there is this amazing tool that we have and that has so many other aspects attached to it. And it is crying. Crying is made in order to really stress your tears, releasing cortisol meanwhile you cry. So I found it fascinating that we have this tool, yet we have this shame around it. Like if I would have not in the toilet, but like stayed upstairs and cry, like I wanted to ugly cry. I didn't manage to ugly cry. It would have been so nice to have like ugly, ugly cry, but I was just crying, crying, crying. And if I would have been upstairs, I think many people would have stared at me. I would make them uncomfortable. And so there is this whole thing like crying in front of other people is making them uncomfortable. Maybe it's not true for you. It is definitely true for me. And I know that many of my listeners are going to be able to relate with this, especially you guys. Like man, definitely that's un unexpected for you to uh, even go to the bathroom and cry there, but like also to just stay in the coffee and start weeping by yourself. And I felt like how bad it is like when we have this amazing connection between our emotions and our body, how we want to control our body not to help us. It was insane. So I think that was like, it brings me one step closer to my own body. If I'm stressed, I'm going to cry. And I, I think we need to normalize this. Here's another thing about crying. I don't know if you knew it, but women, this is how we express anger. Uh, I'm not sure if this is a good thing. We can actually shout as well. We definitely cannot hit things. Like that's like definitely not something that is allowed to us. Shouting also not so much. We usually start crying and people in general think that cry is for sadness. But women cry because we are stressed. We, we cry because we are angry. And that's the only release that we can, we are allowed to do. So next time you see somebody cry, don't necessarily think that they're, they're sad. They might be angry or stressed. So another thing that happened meanwhile, I was sitting there crying. I was so lucky. It was a pretty toilet. <laughs> I think it's really important that it was clean and not smelly. But the other thing that happened is that I had all these, all these thoughts that I already had in me in some level, but I never pronounced it out in my mind. When you start crying, it just suddenly comes out like, and this is a problem. And then that, and then, and then you just start like listing all the things that you are angry or you're disappointed or you're stressed about. And not only that four things that happened to me risen, but also another like five other things that is bothering me for at least a week or two, or maybe even more. So meanwhile, I allow myself to be angry and allow myself to cry. I manage to have like a little spotlight on all these difficult things that I'm going through that I didn't even dare to admit. And then finally, I'm like, okay, tell me my mind. Please tell me what other things are bothering us. <laughs> Let me know so that we can fix it. And it just like came out. It's so beautiful when you finally let yourself cry. And then all these thoughts are emerging then you manage to like have a list on what is actually is bothering you. So as many of my listeners and followers uh, know me, I'm the list girl. So I have all sorts of lists. I have gratitude list. I have uh, what I want for today list. And now 
I have a list, my crying list. I'm crying about this. So when I finished crying, I took out my phone and I started to make a list on all the things that came up meanwhile. And this list was quite a long one, <laughs> quite a long one. And just as writing it down, it helped because I think many times the problem is that if you don't articulate what's happening, even for yourself, it just tries to get to the surface and it just makes you feel uncomfortable until you pronounce like, I am sad because of this. Like I'm sad because I feel lonely or I'm angry because I don't feel that I'm good enough. I'm angry because I'm afraid of getting old. And all these things that are in your mind and you don't dare to deal with them, it just comes up and as soon as you write them down, it, it feels it leaves you a little bit. It's already felt better. So let's just conclude up until now what happened. So if you feel that you're overwhelmed suddenly and something happens, like the good thing is that I did it when I was alone. So I have a tendency to deal with things by myself. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to deal things by myself, but for me, because I think I was left crying alone when I was a baby, that's how I get to know to deal with stress. So for me, it's actually an extra burden if somebody sees me crying or sees me being unwell and it needs a lot of time for me until I can let go of this and I can be completely myself in front of other people. But the good thing is that now, because I'm, I'm built this way, I was by myself. So the one thing, if you feel overwhelmed, and you feel that you nothing else works, the first thing that you need to do is let yourself cry if you feel like crying and don't hold back tears. And again, I know that many people don't suffer with this, but many of us, yes. And I'm just trying to logically explain to you why is it a good thing to cry. So once you're crying, listen to your thoughts, like just shout out with your mind. It's you, you're gonna shout anyways, but just like shout like this problem and that problem, let yourself complain. That's number two. And number three is make a list. Once you're done complaining, make a list, write down the things that you are complaining about because they're, they're the things that they're deep down bothering you. Like they're going to come up anyways. So once you made a list about the things that are bothering you, the next thing that you need to do is make a decision. So I looked at <laughs> this list while sitting on the toilet. I looked at the list and went through one by one and made a decision on how to deal with them. So finally I was in solution mode instead of shaking out everything that I had. I went through and I made a decision. I had three choices. Maybe you have more, but in that particular moment, I felt like these three choices on how to deal with them is already fixing everything. Like it really felt like it, it fixed everything in that particular moment. So number one is, do I need more information? So if you think about the stress factors that usually comes to you, what happens is that first you get something, you have an information and how you react to it is your decision. <laughs> Let me put it this way. So you get a bad news. Let's say that somebody uh, needed to go to the hospital because they have, they're going through something. Suddenly they, they had some problems, need to go to the hospital. That's the fact. But what you start doing is that you make a not so conscious decision to imagine the worst right away. Going to the hospital, what if this happens? What if, that, what if this person dies? What if something horrible is going to happen to them? But those are all the imaginations 
of your of your brain because you don't actually know what's next. The only information that you have at, at this particular point is that they went to the hospital. And maybe the information that is going to come up next is that, yeah, but they like everything is fine. And then they just like needed to have like a supervision for a few hours and they let go home free. So when you use the do I need more information tactic on this particular uh, factor, you stop yourself making all this imaginary future that may or may not happen. It might happen. I'm not saying that it's not happening. So Mel Robbins just came out with an amazing, amazing podcast about the six words that helps you help you in this particular situation. And that was, what if it all works out? And what she says that when this something happens, like you have the information that we said, like, for example, if somebody needed to go to the hospital, that's one arrow that shoots right away into your heart. And that somebody else like life shot, shot at you and you cannot really deal with it. That's an information that goes into your heart and then you're worried about this. But the second arrow, you shoot yourself in your head. That's pretty much you who is adding the extra information, what's going to happen next, all this imaginary future that may or may not happen. So it's also a great tactic, uh, what Matt Robin says, what if it all works out? But for me, what works, do I need more information before I freak out? <laughs> and usually the answer is yes, you need more information. So the good thing is that you pass back. It's not up to you. I'm not going to fixate on this until I get this or this or this or this information. And then I will be able to fixate on the worst possible outcome if the information shows me that I need to worry about that. So that's number one how I checked my list. Number two was, do I need to set boundaries? So this is a different topic. I would say that the first one is something happens and you need to decide. It's usually not a person, but like something life throws at you. This was the topic when some extra expenses risen in my, in my business. And I need to check if I need more information. It turned out actually I need more information. I got more information and it turns out I did not need to pay that extra money that I thought I need to. So by the way, that was a happy ending. The second thing is usually another person shots that arrow at you. It's usually when it's a conflict with somebody else. Then I ask myself, is it time for me to set a boundary? And here's another thing that I use. We said another metaphor, but I love this metaphor for knowing when to set boundaries. So I have a lot of problems sometimes with various people in my life because they're, they're walking through my boundaries. Well, because I don't set them, frankly. Let's just, let's just be honest. <laughs> I'm really new in getting over my people-pleasing phase, uh, which is 30-something years. And I'm only because of Tantra from the Heart, Leonie's interviews amongst one of the first ones. You can go back and listen to her. But her workshop taught me how to set boundaries and why is it important for me to set boundaries. And ever since that workshop, I'm really understanding why is it important and how to actually do it. Like some people set boundaries in a way that it's like uh, really aggressive. It's like an elephant in a porcelain store. You just go, you gotta do this. No, that's not necessarily how you need to set your boundaries. So what I imagine is that I imagine this person being a spinning top. So a spinning top, if you remember at the end of Inception, there was this little toy that they're spinned and then it decided whether or not they're in a dream or not. 
So this little toy goes without you being able to control it. It just goes around. It goes left and right and then stops and maybe wobbles a little bit. Maybe it almost falls and it doesn't fall. It just goes around uh, without absolutely you to expect anything that it's going to, going to do. So what I imagine is that there is this little spinning top and it runs around in a box. And the box is actually my boundaries. So the side of the box is my boundaries. And I, I let this person, this little spin, spinning top, run around in the box. And until it doesn't get into the side of the box, which is my boundary, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just watching it, changing direction, spins around, doing its own thing. I accept the fact that I cannot control this, this thing. I accept the fact that it, it might not make any sense that what they're doing. But until they stay within my box, I'm not going to say anything. But it's impossible for them to go through the side of the box. So when they want to go over the side of the box, then that's my boundary and that's when I need to communicate that. Eh, 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 uh, uh, no, no, oh, there you cannot go through. I'm sorry, but that's not for you to, to go through. And it's not even bendable. It's not something that they can override. They can negotiate. No, that's there. I came up with this really weird metaphor or like picture a few weeks ago. And I use it to so many people. Everybody has a little box now. <laughs> and I'm just like looking at them, like spinning around. Whenever it's needed, then I'm going to let them know that they crossed the boundary. But it's really happening. That's the amazing thing that previously I kind of wanted to catch these little spinning tops. Like, no, you should go that way or that way. Don't fall. But now I'm like, you do you. You do you until you don't cross my boundaries. So going back to me crying on the bathroom, going through what are my options. Number one was collecting more information. And number two was, is this a point for me to set the boundary? Are they overstepping any of my boundaries? Did they get to the ed edge of the box? And if yes, then I know that this is time for me to communicate that this was a boundary that they are trying to cross and then they cannot cross it. And let's open up a conversation about this. But what they did was not something that I allow them to do. And this is so empowering, guys. I highly recommend you to try to imagine this. I don't know why, but it just makes me feel so much more relaxed about how to deal with people now that I, I see this little spinning top metaphor. I hope it's going to be useful. Please let me know. Write me an email or, or write me on Insta or wherever you can write me. <laughs> if it made sense, because I'm not sure if it makes other people sense, but I think it's, it's really useful. So get more information, decide if I should have boundaries or not. Third one, if none of the above, it's probably that I need to make a fear setting. So if something is daunting on me in a way that I don't know how to deal with it, either with more information or setting a boundary, like for example, I'm anxious about whether or not I'm going to have kids or whether or not I, I want to have kids or not. And th these are the decisions that I make decision based on fear setting. So Tim Ferriss has this amazing tool. If you don't know about it, like go ahead and check out his TED talk. Fear setting is instead of writing down your dreams or your goals, you write down your fears. Like pretty much what I did in the beginning of, 
after the crying, but that was not just my fears, but also the things that are bothering me right now. So fear setting is a really great tool, usually when you're afraid to make a decision because it causes you anxiety. And what you do is you list the possible outcomes that you have in your mind. So for example, if we go back to like, I'm afraid that I'm not going to have kids or I'm afraid to make a decision about this. And then I can make a list on my fears. Like, for example, I'm afraid I'm missing out. I'm afraid of various, various things. And then the second you go to figure out how to avoid that particular fear. And then the third is how to repair if it actually happens. So for example, if you are, let's just go with another, a little bit of an easier, easier decision, but if you're afraid to quit your job, then you can list all the things of like, I'm afraid to quit my job because I'm afraid that I'm not going to have enough money to survive. Then how are you going to repair that? I'm going to have a side hustle by the time I'm quitting the job and make money by the time I get to the point of quitting the job and repair would be, I am going to ask somebody to lend me money if I run out of money. So you just go through all these different fears and all the ways how you can avoid them or how you can repair them. And that is fear setting. And then at the end, you're going to need to write down the cost of no action. So if I don't quit my job, what it's going to cost me. Like, for example, I'm never going to be happy. (laughs) or I don't know. And fear setting is a fabulous tool. I use this for negotiations, for example. When you're negotiating, then the best that you can do is lower your interest in the business. So the person who is less interested has the more leverage. So make yourself less interested by figuring out what happened if you don't get the deal. And then you're going to be a way more better negotiator if you care a little bit less. So Let's go back to the bathroom situation of me writing down what bothers me and then how to get over the overwhelming period. (laughs) So we said, I made a list and after making the list, I made decisions. One is, do I need more information on this one or not? Or do I need to set a boundary? Or if none of the above, let's make a fear setting on that particular topic. I'm telling you, this was not more than 15 minutes of my time. My cappuccino was still warm by the time I went back from my uh, toilet break. I shot a picture in the toilet because I was feeling already better. I was still like red. I had red eyes and I was still overwhelmed. Uh, But I was like, I want to kind of tell about this to, to the people because it was so fast how I could fix everything in my brain. In such a short time, yeah, it was so amazing. And I went back and I sat down, I was still shaky. And of course it was still, I did not feel like completely myself. Thank God, this is the time that my friends showed up, gave me the biggest hugs. I was still like weeping a little bit in their arms. They wanted to buy me chocolates <laughs> and I got like also some nurture from other people. And, and I decided to share this on social media. And this is like the last bit that I wanted to say to you about what happened. I I posted about this because I wanted to raise awareness of how to use your body when you are stressed and it's okay to 
actually cry out whenever you're stressed and you use your tears as a stress release. And I posted on social media because I feel that we're sometimes we do post negative stuff on social media, but it's usually for attention. And I really didn't want to post about this because of attention. I wanted to channel the attention towards it's fine to cry first of all and then after crying you have a lot of possibilities on how to how to use the cry in like a, a better way so I just try to raise awareness and also I hate the fact that especially on Insta- Instagram we are all about like look at my beautiful life and especially because we are digital nomads so most of my Insta feed is like ah, I ate the best food. I'm sleeping in the best places ever. And it's true, but yeah, it's also true that I ended up in the in the bathroom bathroom floor. Okay, not the floor, but in the toilet. And I was crying my eyes out for like 15 minutes when, when uh, things get overwhelmed. And I feel that as soon as somebody shares you that they're having bad days and bad moments, especially those people that you're you're following or or those people that you think that they have like a perfect life or that they have more money than you or they're prettier than you and they share their struggles, you're going to feel better about yourself. So we all need to do it very often and normalize crying in the coffee house and normalize crying posts, not because of attention. And I, I cannot emphasize this more. I get so much attention after this and I felt so bad about that. <laughs> and I guess I might get a little bit of uh, extra attention after this podcast goes out. But I feel that that's why, for example, TikTok is a little bit better because it's it's way more real than than what we use as millennials. And Instagram is just so fake. I'm dying. All right. So I hope that my little story helped you in one way or another. I hope that you are crying when you feel that you need to cry. And also that you are going to have a little bit more conscious way on how to use your crying. Maybe that's going to be the title of this episode, um, because I think how we are wired together, like the loud shouting in our head when we let ourselves cry, it's just so honest. (laughs) And those are within us and it's nice to let them out sometimes and deal with them with logic. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for coming with me for this little journey to the toilet. (laughs) I hope to see you or hear you or yeah, have you uh, on the next episodes on next Monday. Bye. You are listening to the In Search of Something Different podcast, where we talk about new ways and ideas on how we live, work, and connect. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it helps in this world. And also, you can say hi on Instagram. You can find the show under In Search of Something Dash Different. I'll come back to you soon with the next episode, but until then, don't forget to stay curious.